0: You're listening to season two of Kids Cue the Music, a podcast where we talk to musicians, composers, performers, and kids. Kids like you.
1: We're asking the questions you've always wondered but never had the chance to ask. And we'll listen to music to see what makes it so interesting and fun, and sometimes strange. Because music is for you!
0: I am your co-host, Zara And
1: I am your co-host, Rebecca Lane, Zara's mom and director and owner of the Lane School of Music.
0: Let's, Let's cue, cue the, the music! music.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome to another episode of Kids Cue the Music! I'm your host, Rebecca Lane. And I'm your host, Zara Lane. And today we have a really fun guest. I am so excited to meet her. Zara, do you know who she is? Nope. Today's guest is Donna Rodenizer. Donna is a composer, songwriter, performer, and elementary music education specialist who is known for her imaginative and humorous compositions for children. Her songs have been published through the Royal Conservatory of Music, as well as her own publishing company, Red Castle
0: Publishing. So welcome, Donna. Thank you very much. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What instrument you play? Stuff like that.
2: I grew up in a family where music was really important. I grew up in a farm and we had a great big old house. And one of the rooms in the olden days would have been used as the front parlor. Like nobody would go in there. It would be the very special room in the house, but at my house, it was a music room and we had two pianos and we had an organ because my mom was an organ teacher and guitars and accordions and all sorts of instruments. And so I always grew up hearing piano lessons going on in my house and having music as a regular part of my everyday all the time. And so as I grew up, I now can play the piano and the violin. Pipe organ, accordion, ukulele, recorder, handbells, and I can play six chords on the guitar, just enough to say that I kind of know what I'm doing, but I don't usually play the guitar.
1: That is a lot of instruments. I like them all. That's very impressive.
0: Did you hear that hit a go-on list, Sarah? There was like six in the whole thing.
1: Yeah, that's, I think that's probably the most that any of our guests has ever listed that they play.
0: (laughs) Yeah, most of the time it's like
1: two or three, but. At the most. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, I
2: I I started with the piano when I was five years old, everybody in my house, I have two older sisters who took piano lessons and my mom taught piano lessons. And and I have two other siblings who are younger than me and we all took piano lessons. And so I did that until I was 12. And then I took violin and I did that, all of that classical Royal Conservatory classical training with those. But I also grew up with traditional fiddle tunes and that kind of stuff in that fancy room in my house where we'd get together on Saturday nights and everybody would come and play fiddle tunes and stuff. So I have both both worlds kind of meshing.
1: Yes, the fiddle tradition is strong on the East Coast as well. Yes, it is. And that's a great usage for a front room to make it a music room. For absolutely.
2: Yeah. Besides we could close the door and go in there and then make all the music we wanted and my dad could still watch TV. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's awesome.
0: We listened to your song I need a home for my dinosaur, which has turned into a classic children's song. Can you tell us a bit about the inspiration behind this song?
2: I actually saw a book in a library at my school that was called A Home for My Dinosaur. And I didn't pick up the book. I didn't open it and look at it. But as I saw the title, I thought, hmm, that sounds like an interesting story. And then I was with a class of students, grade one students, and I started to sing to them to help them quiet down. And I made up the story as I sang it, and it turned into a song. It is so, an
1: amazing song. We're going to listen to it in a few minutes because we have a clip of it here. And it's to, it's so fun. Everyone listening, you're going to love it. But so, yeah, you said when you were composing this song in your music class, you had the class sing back what you sang to them. Why do we learn to sing songs this way? Why is why does this happen in music classes? It's
2: sort of based on how kids learn how to talk. So when, you, when you're talking to a baby and you pick up, a ball and you say ball, ball, and they go, and you go, yeah, ball, and they go, ball. And so it's just like learning any language. So, music is like a language. So, when I sing with my students, I sing to them, and then they sing it back to me, and then they try to sound the same as I sang for them. And so, it's a way of learning without having to be able to read the notes. So, first you hear, and then you do, and then you read. And so, it's called rote learning, and it's a great way to do songs with younger children who can sing and who can hear really, really well, but may not be able to read music yet. So it's, it's a fun way to, to do music um, in music class. Now we do other things to help with reading, of course, but that's a lot of the
1: songs we do are that way. That's the first way that we learn, yeah. Zara, have you learned anything else by rote? Do you know what that means? Have you heard that expression before?
0: Yeah, when we memorize stuff. And no, I haven't heard the word rote, but I have done it before. Have you
2: ever, have you ever learned anything, Zara, where somebody showed you how to do it and then you did it? Maybe. So instead of you reading about it, or instead of you having to know how everything works to do it, somebody says, here, put this headphone in, speak into the microphone and here you go. Do you understand how it all works? Maybe not. But can you use it? Yes, you can. That's kind of rote learning. Yeah. Like
1: do what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great way to learn.
0: In my music class, we sing together a lot. What do we need? Why do we need to learn how to sing? Singing is a really great way to do
2: music together. So it's a good thing for community togetherness, but it's also your first instrument. If you're outside and you're walking around and somebody says, let's make some music. You say, oh, just a minute. I've got my piano in my backpack. Uh, nope. You say, oh, just a minute, I've got my guitar up my sleeve. No, you don't. But you can say, let's sing, and everybody can sing. So it's your first instrument, and it's always with you, and it's a way to, to make music together in community.
1: Do you think students who learn how to sing have an easier time learning how to play an instrument when they're a little older, maybe? Does it help to be able to sing? I think all musical experiences additional musical experience so you've got some
2: people will say you should take piano lessons before you sing and you have some people say you should sing before you take piano lessons or (laughs) whatever so it i think all of them help all the rest of them so it doesn't matter what order you learn them in i don't think so what if if you're excited about making music with your voice why wouldn't you make music with your voice Start where the excitement is and then sort of spread out from there. So, But, but in school, when, when all of the students come and you've got 30 students in a classroom and they're all five years old, obviously you have to pick something that's a lot easier to access, like
1: voices, than to give every child an instrument. Yes. Learning to sing is something that everyone usually can do from the very beginning.
0: How is composing music for kids and students different from... Composing for adult. Hmm. I think adults sometimes get kind of
2: stuck and they say, this is my favorite kind of music. And that's the kind of music they want to listen to. And that's the kind of music they want to do. Kids, I think it's sort of like, well, that's fun. And they're not saying, oh, that's country or that's disco or that's pop or that's classical. It's just something that they like. And so when you're writing for kids, I think it's a much broader choice that I can pick from what style I'm going to write in.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't have to fit into any one category. That's kind of cool. But I like the
2: imagination, like the imagination part. It's just sort of like, so let's sing about a dinosaur that's eating my little sister and, and, and kids are always interested in that sort of imagination and imaginary stuff. And, And I think grown-ups kind of sometimes forget how to play a little bit. Yes. Not
1: always, but sometimes.
0: Do you always write the words for your songs, or do you sometimes compose music with somebody else's words? Hmm. That's a good question. Most of the time I
2: write my own words for my own songs. Really, it's I'm writing a story, and then I add music, or I write music and I add the story, whichever one comes first. Sometimes I do write music with Andy, who is the – Andy Dunker is the other half of our Donna and Andy singing duo. And so sometimes we write songs together. He always laughs. and He says, you write a lot of words and then I'll take out the extra ones. So that's how he says we write, but that's not true. We bounce ideas around a lot when I'm when I'm writing. And I've also started doing some publishing with Nikki Loney at The Full Voice. And she and I are writing some songs together as well. So she sends me an idea. Oh, I want to write a song about a zombie cat can you write something with this? And then I send her back. And so we're collaborating that way. But you got to kind of have to be able to work with somebody who's willing to compromise. I want my zombie cat to do this, or I want the dinosaur to do that. And then you have to be able to agree. So find somebody you, that you get along with to write, I think.
1: So you don't write alone, then you usually write
2: with someone else. I usually write alone, but I can write with Andy and I have started writing with Nikki. So that's kind of that's, that's kind of the, the main directions I've got. But most of the most of the songs I've written have been my own, just mine.
0: Some of your compositions are in the Royal Conservatory of Music books. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Did they ask you to write music for the books, or did you already have it composed and they called you up and asked if they could feature you in the book?
2: Well, some of my songs somehow got into the hands of a music teacher somewhere they had their students use it in the music festival and then somebody else heard that song in the music festival they said oh, i like that song i know that they're looking for music in the royal conservatory books and they suggested that they use some of my songs so they contacted me and said can we have a meeting and we had a meeting and they said can we use some of your songs and i said that would be lovely and so so all of the songs that they have in the royal conservatory now there's six or seven of them, I think, right now, were songs that I had already written, and they asked me if they could use them. Now, I have written other songs since then, and every now and then I send them some songs and say, here's some new ones next time you're planning your, your next edition. And so I don't know if those will show up later or not. That's how they got in there. That's Somebody sang cool. them in a music festival.
1: <laughs> From the music festival. So yeah. for those of you who are listening, we keep talking about the Royal Conservatory of Music. And it's
0: the if- royal conservatory where kings and queens get played music and everybody <laughs> claps and everybody is very happy and people just bring very... And you have to
2: bow when you see the king and the queen. You have to bow before... <laughs> that's Is that why you bow at the end of a piece of music and. In-
1: Maybe. Do you wear crowns, Zara, when you play music from the Royal Conservatory of Music?
0: Yeah, maybe you do. And then of maybe you you have a music seat and you just play music. You just play a song <laughs> for the king and queen. And everybody is playing the same song except on a different instrument. And then it's just it's like, thing. That sounds confusing. I know, but that's what the Royal Conservatory of Music is. It's a company that makes music for all those big meetings in front of the Kang and Queen.
1: Interesting. So <laughs> that's an interesting definition. And if you want to know more about the Royal Conservatory of Music, make or sure to contact
0: we- the King and Queen because they probably oh know. Goodness.
1: We did an episode, Zara, do you remember, with Eloise, and she was telling us about her experience doing an oh. exam an rcm exam so you can listen RCM, to that
0: episode is
1: yeah it sounds was,
0: like the company we'll put the link to that in the show rbc notes. cm rcm R-B-C.
1: rbc very similar okay just in case you didn't know what that was
0: okay can we listen <laughs> to, to i need a home for my dinosaur together now i would be delighted for you to listen to i need a home for my dinosaur us know if you have a home for the dinosaur <laughs>
1: <laughs> what did you think sarah it's a silly song isn't it
0: yeah and that's i said it because they don't find a home for the dinosaur were you hoping that they would by the end of the song i was like well i mean that's to our conclusion it's just that's why i was like please contact us if you have a home <laughs> for the dinosaur <laughs> Has if anyone your house ha- is big enough for a dinosaur? Written, and yeah.
1: <laughs> has anyone ever written a verse, Donna, for the end to like that they found um, a home for the dinosaur?
2: Not that I know of, but I know that they've written other verses where the dinosaur has eaten other things. Oh, so he continues to get into trouble at other people's houses as well.
1: Very. <laughs> but I don't know that anybody's dinosaur. ever offered to take him. Yeah, I mean, it, it does sound like he would be very difficult to rehome.
0: Yeah, I I probably wouldn't take the dinosaur he'd definitely eat my cat. And he should be up here in the background, big furry fluff ball. It would be Good great time. to have the cat
1: here listening to music. Sometimes, Sometimes
2: we talk with my students and they want to know if the kid is sending the sister to get eaten on purpose. Or if it's he's just so distracted that the dinosaur has to be given away that he's not thinking when he says, Yeah, go play in the dinosaur pen, little sister. And off she goes. And then he realizes, Oh, no. And he saves her in the end. She doesn't ever get eaten either way. But... And I wrote the song, but I don't know whether he did it to be nasty or if he just wasn't paying attention.
3: It, you
1: left You'll it open the it. Song. Yeah, it's it's good yeah. to to leave things, some things, you know, books, up to the listeners.
0: Some songs and books interpretation just don't have an ending. So it's talking about something, and then I think I think one one book I read where it was like a boy that there was maybe a man who went to talk to another man and he told a story about a boy who i don't know wanted to learn how to sail his ship not in water and he tried and he crashed and he broke his leg and at the end the man walked away limping on the the leg that had been crashed and so the author didn't say if it was if It was the boy, so that's maybe what. There was no resolution. Yeah, I mean, there was a resolution. It was just story, but I mean, like, it kind of said, it's kind of said, and I watched him limp away. Oh, interesting.
1: So the moral of the story is a good story doesn't need to have, like, a nice, tidy resolution.
0: Yeah, because people can just say, because they can come up with their own ideas of what happened. Which is
1: what's in this song. That's right. Yeah. So you can all, listening, you can all write your own endings to I Need a Home for My Dinosaur. And did you say, Donna, that people add verses to the song? I have had people send me information and said, oh, we've written this extra
2: verse, and this is what our dinosaur did. And I love that. As a composer, I like to know that other people are inspired to compose, because I think it's a really good thing for people to do.
1: Yes, you you created like a living, breathing piece of music that's still evolving. Yeah. I know you won't see this in the podcast, but do you want to see a picture of my dinosaur? Oh, that's you, amazing. There, can you see that? Okay, so, describe what you're seeing, Zara. What you
0: wow, so it's a brown dinosaur with a yellow belly in front of a house wearing a backpack with its... What's happening here? Um, the girl's trying to feed it some cornflakes. <laughs> and... So, yeah. <laughs> The dinosaur is looking at the lift and it has its tail around a sign. It says free dinosaur. Yeah. And it's got a backpack. Sitting, yeah. Yeah. It has a backpack. The girl, the girl is sitting must be on his way somewhere. Yeah. The girl is home. sitting on the eye for I need a home for my dinosaur. So
2: we have an artist that's creating coloring pages for the songs that we have on our website. I need a home for my dinosaur. and the invisible dragon. And so kids, if they want to, can can download these coloring pages and color a, a picture to go with the song that they're learning. We and that's one of them. That The artist actually colored it as well as drew it. But we have black
1: line coloring pages. So you oh, can make up awesome. your own dinosaur picture, but that's one you could color a few. That's so great. Can we put the link to that in our show notes so that people can sure. download the coloring and Maybe game?
0: they can even learn the song.
1: You okay. could color while you were listening to it and learning it by... Wrote! Yeah! Yeah! Donna, would you like to play a game
0: of opera or cheese? Opera or cheese? Opera or cheese?
1: Opera or
0: cheese? Opera or 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 cheese? What
2: is opera or cheese? I would love to play a game.
0: She says a word. Like an Italian word normally, and like it's in a different language, so we don't know what it means, and we have to try to guess if it's the name of an opera or a kind of cheese. Oh my goodness! Okay, it's, it's very fun. It's great. Right. It's also pretty hard too. So, I mean, all right. I'm Is there a prize if well, I get it right? No. know no. <laughs> what? Like, all should, right. we, we should just we should just create this. We should we should just like kind of draw a picture of a trophy and then send it to... We should
1: send there it to go. the winners, but we have not been awarding prizes. All right. No Okay. right. All right, all right. I'm going to read the name of an opera or cheese, and you can guess what it is. Okay. And Zara will go first, because in this case, you're a professional musician, Donna, and you probably will know more of the answers. So Zara what? will guess, and then you can guess. Okay, the first one is Gamortza. Scamorza Scamorza S-C-A-M-O-R-Z-A Cheese Scamorza Scamorza I don't know I
0: think it's name. a cheese
1: So you think it's cheese? Uh-huh uh, Me too You are both correct <gasps> Yes Very well done <laughs> Okay uh The next one is Manon opera. M-A-N-O-N Manon Opera What do you think, Donna? Definitely. Yes. <laughs> you are- what does it mean? I don't know. Actually, what does men mean?
2: It's a person's mm-hmm. name. I think in the opera, is it? Okay. I think that's one of the characters in the opera. Is it Puccini?
1: It's Massonet. Massonet. There you go. But the only reason I know that is because I'm reading It's written there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have done Puccini that. Puccini would
2: be Italian. That makes sense. Massonet would be French. There you yes. go.
1: Menon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last one is, Ooh. Do I do I do you want an easy one or do you want a hard one? You're asking me or, or Zara? Both of you. Do you want an easy one or a hard one? What do you want, Zara? Easy
0: or hard? Mmm. Any anyway, will be okay.
1: Okay, here it is. It is remoudou. It's a cheese. R E M O U D O U. Remoudou. remoudou. It's a cheese.
2: Yeah, it's got to be a cheese.
1: How do you know? You both got three for three. That was definitely Woo-hoo! a cheese. And I, I would not have known those. How did you know that that was a cheese? Because it's not an opera. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Process of elimination.
1: <laughs> Very well done. Cheese, opera, opera, cheese, opera, or cheese. cheese. Well, thank you so much for being with us here today, Donna. I, we so much appreciate it. How can parents, music teachers, and kids listening learn more about you? We have a lot of my songs at the web
2: page Donna and com, And when you spell it out, there's a whole lot of O's and N's and A's all squished together. Donna D O N N A and Andy, Andy, A N D com, And that's where you will find, I need a home for my dinosaur and the invisible dragon and all those kind of songs. And those coloring pages are there and there's recordings and there's printed music And there's bios and all sorts of stuff, and we are continually adding things to that site. We're in the process of rebuilding an old one that was for RedcastlePublishing.com. You can go there as well, but there's stuff that's wrong with it that we can't fix. So we're (laughs) starting a new one. And I've got I've got many, many songs that aren't even up there. I've got over almost 500 songs now that I've written, but they're not all on the website yet.
1: But we keep working at it. Amazing. 500 is a lot. Wow.
2: You can also find some of my newer songs that are being published with Nikki Loney, who I was say said I was doing some writing with, at thefullvoice.com. Amazing. And they have a lot of songs there that people use for their RCM, vocal exams, and voice lessons. But I don't Amazing. think they wear crowns when they sing them. That's mm. a shame. That's too bad. Yeah. We should start that. I think that would catch
0: on, Zara. I, I think yeah. People would do it a lot, and everybody will just be like, I want a crown. I want a crown to be a crown. I want to do the RCM so they I can have a would crown. Want, they would want to practice. So if they they the time thing.
2: they
1: sang or practiced, they got to wear the crown. It would be very yeah. motivational. That is very yeah. interesting. You are on something. So oh. we will put those links in the show, show notes. And um, we're also going to play another song for you so that you can be played out by a song. And this one is called Ed the Invisible Dragon. Donna, is there anything that you want people to know about this song before they hear it?
2: This was written for my three children when they were little boys. Because they would play with their Lego and not pick it up. And when I said, who left the Lego? They'd say, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. And so I said, someone invisible is living at my house. That's who it must be. And it turned into Ed the Invisible Dragon. So Ed will turn 30 years old next year. Oh. We're going to have a big birthday celebration for Ed next year. Oh, that sounds very fun. So yeah, here it is, I everyone.
0: Play, I play with Lego a lot, and I don't like to put it down. Lego. I mean, as soon as you start playing with it, it's not. It's it's way better. It's way healthier than video games. So, like, oh, absolutely, because because people who play video games just go like. For like hours and hours and hours and hours and people who play with Lego. I mean, I do get – my back does hurt after playing (laughs) with it. but
2: Mine does too. I sit with my grandkids and play Lego. and I'm a really good finder. They're good builders, but I'm a good finder. And they say, I need this kind of piece. And I look and I find it. But after a while, my back hurts too.
0: Well, I mean, I think after – when I'm trying to build something, I'm, like, crouched over the bins, and then I find right. a piece, and I've been doing that for a long time, and then I'm just like, oh, my back hurts.
1: I wonder if Ed the Invisible Dragon gets a sore back from playing with Lego, because clearly he
0: plays with it a lot. Oh, I mean, if Ed the Invisible Dragon was real, we would think our Lego was alive. Don't True. you think he's real? You better listen to the song.
1: I think he's real. Okay, we're going to listen to the song now. Thank you so much for being here with us, Donna. Have a great day, everyone. I have a dragon and his name is Ed. He
4: sleeps in the space and- So, no one will know. He's empty, invisible dragon. He's empty, invisible
3: dragon. He's empty, invisible dragon. Oh, where did the dragon go?
4: When I'm home after school and I'm looking for a snack, it's all I and say I didn't do it it was, it was at the
3: Invisible Dragon It was at the Invisible Dragon It was at the Invisible Dragon Oh, where did the dragon go?
4: Playing in the record with the and a bat on a barge A lamp gets smashed Called it all. It was Eddie who knocked it down with his pointy pointy tail. No one seems to listen when I begin to wail. It was Eddie
0: the kids cue the music if you've
1: enjoyed this episode leave us a review your reviews help more people like you find our podcast don't forget to follow us on itunes and follow us on social media at lane school of music i am zara lane and i'm rebecca lane see you next time
0: on kids cue, cue the, the music <laughs>